here we are. Welcome to this live webinar where we're looking at uh, EU residency status post-Brexit. So what we're trying to cover today is uh, from the perspective of the UK. Uh, so what is the um, uh, residency status for uh, uh, EU nationals going into the UK post-Brexit? We're looking at the EU uh, and a movement into the EU for um, UK expats, but also for um, uh, non-EU expats trying to relocate into the UK. Uh, and the third thing that we're looking at is, is the, the few EU countries that are not currently in the Schengen zone and how they differ uh, for UK and non-EU and EU citizens and residency. We might have a few um, um, uh, internet broadband issues at the moment. I can see that uh, my image is, is, is uh, hesitating a couple of times. So if it does break up, do forgive me uh, and, and we'll see what we can do um, to, to try and improve the situation as we go along. So today's webinar, we're looking at EU residency status post-Brexit and looking at what, what the changes are for expats living and working abroad. We'll look at the, uh, from the UK perspective of relocating into the EU and um, uh, from the UK and into the UK for EU nationals as well as uh, non-EU nationals. We'll also look at the Schengen zone and how that affects people within the EU with their movement for residency and, and tax status, and also looking at the EU residency for um, the non-Schengen zone countries, although uh, some changes coming up on that. First of all, let's look at international law. Um, let's not forget that international law is in place and it covers uh, expats uh, and people around the world that, that are moving around under international travel. The EU, is a is not a sovereign country. Uh, it, it's a multi-organisational uh, uh, country between uh, uh, the, the the member states, and those member states come to mutual agreements for treating people in a common way. Um, so when you've got a country like the UK, UK has got 188 visa-free travel locations around the world where you don't need a visa to go and. Uh, visit uh, for a short-term trip. Um, now, part of Schengen Zone is trying to uh, enable that for everybody within the EU, um, but the, each individual EU member state can have a, a, its own bilateral treaty, its own bilateral visa treaty uh, between the UK and that, that EU country, for example. Uh, and so in which case, nothing changes in terms of travel, um, uh, but possibly about residency. Some countries, uh, the EU have introduced and the uh, 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 USA have already got in place an electronic travel record system. It's not deemed to be a visa, but you do need to have electronic registration of your trip into or out of the, the jurisdiction. Um, but when you do need a visa, um, that the requirements and the necessity for that visa depends where you're going to and where you're coming from 
what the bilateral treaty is between the two countries that are involved uh, with your passport and with your um, your destination country. Uh, <clears throat> so looking at the EU zone, um, the Schengen zone particularly, there's 26 countries in the Schengen zone at the moment. And uh, these uh, allow uh, a, a visa system for people to enter into those systems. Uh, once you get a, a Schengen visa, it can give you a number of different flexibilities. So you can get a, a Schengen visa that allows you into that country, but you can also get a Schengen zone visa that allows you then to travel within all 26 countries within the EU. So but if you want to do a European trip uh, and you're from a, a, a visa restricted area, you don't need a visa to visit Croatia, Romania, I wish I hadn't said that, uh, they're not too good examples, uh, to visit France, Netherlands, um, Luxembourg, France uh, and Spain. So if you're going on a, a road trip to, through Europe for business or for pleasure, the Schengen Zone gives you the freedom to move within all those different countries. The countries that aren't in the Schengen Zone at the moment include Bulgaria, Croatia and Romania. They, these are three um, relatively new members of the EU uh, and that there is a, uh, an advanced stage of development of their Schengen zone area and it, at the moment uh, they, sh they should join uh, or they aim to join by the 1st of January 2023. Things could slip but at the moment uh, Bulgaria, Romania, Croatia have got independent visa agreements with countries and, and whether your travel is from Germany, Lithuania, Spain, UK, China, uh, Singapore, it, 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 the individual arrangement is, is what's key for that. You can't go under the, the general generic uh, Schengen visa arrangement until uh, January 2023, if it's approved uh, in, in the coming weeks. Uh, by the EU uh, Council. Ireland is not in the Schengen zone. Ireland didn't, has never joined the Schengen zone and, and after Brexit remains outside the Schengen zone. So what does that mean? It means that for all EU travellers uh, travelling to Ireland have to enter into Ireland using a passport. It doesn't mean that they don't have necessarily the EU residency rights when they get there, but they need to cross the border, they need um, the, the passport to, to enter. Uh, and as we know, generally, if it's a short business or holiday trip up to 90 days, um, then you may not need that visa, but you, you generally allow to, to do those short holiday um, uh, trips without having to prove uh, that you've got a long-term income to support your, your, your trip there because when you leave, uh, the, 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 the journey ends. Um, but as with any visa arrangement, you often need your return ticket. Uh, Gibraltar is an interesting situation. It is uh, an historic uh, link to the UK uh, as a British overseas territory. And unlike the other British Overseas Territory, it was, did become part of the EU. 
with Brexit, Gibraltar left the EU and, and there's still an agreement, an arrangement on the longer term uh, standings to be made between Gibraltar uh, and the UK and the EU. So it's a British overseas territory, but it, it acts independent in terms of uh, being a, a tax jurisdiction and it issues its own visas and requirements. Uh, so the usual typical uh, visa approach would apply. However, the thing that makes Gibraltar distinct post-Brexit and not least the practical solution because of the number of Spanish-based uh, workers that migrate into Gibraltar to work e each day is that Gibraltar, although it's not in the EU, remains within the Schengen zone. The Schengen zone visas are issued by the Spanish authorities. So if somebody, if you get a visa to travel to um, uh, uh, Spain and you want to go to Gibraltar, you can, you can make sure that your Schengen zone visa will allow you to travel into Gibraltar as well. If you've got a full multi-entry, uh, full long-term Schengen zone visa, then you could move into uh, uh, Gibraltar as well. Um, however, within the whole of the E, so, um, so Gibraltar is a special case. It's it's in the Schengen zone, but it's not in the EU. So it's separate tax and visa arrangements. If you've not got a Schengen zone visa, then you will need a visa to enter uh, to stay long term. Short-term trips are still allowed. Um, the other area to, that I want to highlight um, as being different is, is Cyprus. Cyprus is not part of the Schengen zone. Uh, again, it's applied, but there's a longer-term plan, so it's not um, uh, likely at the moment that it will join in the very short term, but that could change. The, the problem being the, the border dispute area uh, between Cyprus and, and Turkey. So there's issues there that, that, that need to be considered. Um, but Cyprus, uh, along with uh, a, a Ireland, is not part of the Schengen zone at the moment. An important thing to remember about the uh, 26 members, the current members of, of the Schengen zone and the new ones that will join, the, the current members of the EU Schengen zone and the new countries that are going to join um, they have a restriction on the amount of time you can spend there. So under international law, you can do the 90-day travel for short-term uh, business and, and um, or holiday uh, travel without having to go through the requirements of a longer-term visa application process. Um, but how does that play out in, in, in practice? In practice, you're only allowed to spend 90 days in 180 days, 90 days in, a, in, in six months in any one Schengen country. So um, you could have a, a multi-entry uh, Schengen visa to travel around Europe, um, but, uh, and that could allow you to spend the whole year in Europe, 12 months. 360 days, but with with um, uh, the the Schengen zone restriction, 
if you wanted to spend 90 days in Barcelona, Spain, um, and then you're left to go to France, you can't come back to uh, spend any time in, in Spain before the end of the six months. In theory, you will be barred at the border, uh, whether that's a port crossing, um, a waterfront crossing, or a, a, an airport, whatever the or road uh, customs point, you would be barred by the check that they would do uh, at, at the border using your Schengen visa or, or your EU ID card. So within the EU, um, you, you don't have to show your passport at the border, um, and there may not be any border check as you go across, but technically if there is, uh, and certainly when you're coming from a non-Schengen zone area, you'll be barred if you spend more than uh, try to spend more than 90 days in any six-month period. Um, and the reason for that is, is, is tax reasons uh, and, and to avoid that, that residency as becoming a, a tax residency. To, to avoid that short-term holiday business trip becoming a longer-term uh, permanent residency. Now, outside the Schengen zone, um, when you look at Ireland, Cyprus, um, UK, you don't have that restriction at the moment. So you could go for a longer-term trip, up to six months, to be resident um, for, for whatever reason without having to become tax resident. So you've still got that freedom of movement. So if, if you're in France and you've got visa-free movement into the UK and you wanted to go to the UK uh, for six months to work, study, visit friends, you could do that and leave without any uh, particular requirement to get any uh, detailed visa uh, arrangement in place. Um, it's, a, it's just something to think about in terms of how the, how the Schengen Zone is applied. Um, the Schengen Zone has got a number of different levels of visa, uh, A, B, C, D. The, the, the uh, A and B are, are basically for airport travel and very short-term, five-day stay. But then you can get uh, the Schengen Zone C visas, which are for um, a single trip or, or two, two visits, um, or for multi-entry visits. You can't necessarily get a multi-entry visa first time you apply to come into to Europe. You've got a single or a double uh, uh, Schengen visa. Once you leave the EU Schengen zone, you've left and you need to apply for another visa. You've got a multi-entry visa. You can go across border to a non-Schengen zone country or outside the EU and come back in without having to apply for new Schengen zone visa. So it's something to just bear in mind in terms of that. So um, if you're traveling from Spain to Gibraltar, absolutely fine, no problem. Uh, Gibraltar is in the Schengen zone. And so uh, if your Schengen zone visa will take you in and out of Spain and Gibraltar as often as you like. Um, but if you're um, an island and um, Cyprus are, are islands that are harder for people to travel anyway. Um, but in, in multi 
moving in and out of countries which don't are not in the Schengen zone at the moment could require a, a new visa each for each trip if you if you cross that border. So it's worth it's worth looking at that. Uh, but if Romania, Croatia, and Bulgaria join in the start of 2023, that could make a big difference to the way that 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 applies. If you stay in a country more than six months in a year, as we've often said, uh, you, you technically become tax residents. Now, that definition of tax residents depends upon other factors as well. So you could have a longer term stay, but you're still going to be susceptible to tax assessment. And the primary assessment may be elsewhere. You could end up with double taxation. So although you may be in a low tax destination, if it's not properly established as your permanent uh, residency, then uh, your home country could still get you for a higher rate of assessment on your worldwide income. So if you're working remotely or, or you're working on a travel and moving around basis, um, a nomad or a remote worker uh, within the Schengen zone is limited to three months in any jurisdiction without becoming um, uh, before they have to move on. But even so, more than six months in a country will leave you liable to um, uh, tax residents and, and, and that assessment there. Uh, the way for a, a remote worker uh, or a, a nomad to do that is, is to manage their arrangements and have a zero tax environment by managing their, their arrangements um, and their tax residency in the appropriate way. For more information on that and guidance, look at our other um, videos and vlogs over the last six months on our, our YouTube channel about working remotely and about tax residents and about how to manage your tax to pay uh, the most cost-effective rate for you. Looking at the UK then, uh, if an EU expat wants to move to the UK post-Brexit, what, what, are, what are the rules? The, the EU expat can move into the UK uh, for up to six months without restrictions, without the Schengen zone restrictions. Generally, it should be uh, up to nine months. But beyond that, then uh, visas start to apply. If, if uh, an EU expat wants to work in the UK, there's a point-based system that they need to apply for uh, and essentially to get to get a, a work a longer term working visa in the UK you have to get 70 points on your scale which are, are collected from a, a number of different criteria based upon the quality of the skilled job that you could offer your ability to speak English uh, your permanent home and, and, and your your relationships um, uh, with, with the UK and, and the job offer so uh, the point-based system does work and it allows different people for different trades, different industries to still come in and work for the UK. But that applies to non-EU as well as EU nationals coming into the UK uh, going forward. A longer term UK visa is quite expensive. You're going to pay between 200 and 837 pounds just in fees alone. Uh, never mind the administration of making that process work for you. And uh, generally, uh, an expat coming to live and work in the UK needs to have a, a, a job offer, a salary or an income 
in excess of £25,000 uh, to be able to carry out that work uh, effectively. So what we've done is we've, um, <clears throat> what we've covered is, is what the rules are with post-Brexit in terms of uh, uh, the, the residency status of expats living and working abroad uh, around the EU. Um, so what we've covered today is the EU residency status uh, post-Brexit um, in terms of looking at from the perspective of UK expats that want to go and work in the EU and we've looked at the perspective of EU expats who want to go and live and work in the UK. We've said that the EU has got generally the Schengen zone, which has got 26 countries involved in it, which give it certain restrictions. Some more are looking to join, but other countries are not currently, for the foreseeable future, going to join that. The Schengen zone, once you're in that Schengen zone with a Schengen visa, allows you the freedom of movement within the EU and across border. If it's just a single visa, then once you, you leave, you leave and you have to apply for a new visa. For UK expats, there's 188 different countries that have visa-free travel, and that includes most of the EU. Um, some of the countries may have uh, a visa on entry. For example, if you want to... Uh, uh, go travel to the Indonesia, you can get on your plane, board and travel to Indonesia and you apply for your residency visa uh, when you arrive and, and Indonesia will allow you to stay for up to 180 days uh, in, in the country uh, to cover that. Um, one, with the Schengen zone, you have this specific restriction which if the border, there is a border check, it will check whether you've spent more than 90 days in 180, whether you've spent more than 90 days in six months in, in a Schengen zone country. Uh, now, within the Schengen zone, technically, there's no border checks, but there is an ID card system that, that, that could check you. But if they're not checking, then you know there is no actual physical proof of that. Uh, unless it's done through electronic surveillance. But if you're entering through a, a, a water-based port or a, a land-based car checkpoint or an airport um, around the EU, that check will, will be applied and could prevent you from, from making that, uh, spending more than 90 days in any Schengen zone country in, in 180. The reason being is, is to manage the process uh, to... Uh, look for habitual status and, and tax residency and so that uh, anybody that's a longer term resident can can be tax resident in that country and pay the appropriate amount of taxes. Uh, outside the EU, uh, countries like Cyprus, sorry, outside the EU Schengen zone, countries like Ireland, Cyprus, uh, Malta uh, and the UK you can spend up to six months um, without becoming a tax resident. So you can have a short-term but longer-term residency without the need for additional visas. But once you go beyond the 90 days, 
those requirements begin to come in. So if you're moving to Cyprus, then you should consider um, you know, registering it and, and getting your uh, residency visa once you're in country. Um, this, the same applies in, in the UK uh, and Ireland. So the last thing I want to cover is, is, is in more detail, is the specific requirements in Cyprus. Now, Cyprus is interesting because they've fully adopted the rules under Brexit uh, to allow maximum flexibility for UK expats who want to live and work in abroad in the EU and in Cyprus in particular. Um, so with any EU country, um, uh, that once you stay beyond the 90 days, if you want to stay longer in a Schengen zone, you need to start to apply for residency permit. Um, and this MEU1 certificate is, is that first step on that. Once you have a, a residency permit as an EU citizen, generally they're, they're open-ended. Um, but if you're not in the, don't stay in the country for long periods of time, they, they could be revoked. That, that just proves that you've got a residence um, and the means to support yourself in that EU country. So if you're working remotely in the EU, if you're working uh, as a nomad within the EU, uh, then you, you could have a residency permit uh, for Portugal, which would then uh, allow you to spend more than 90 days in six months uh, uh, under Schengen zone rules because you've got that residency permit. Having in mind that if you spend more than six months, more than 183 days in, in uh, uh, Portugal, they will deem you to be tax resident for that year. Um, and ditto for any other country. You, if you spend more than six months in a country, you, you, you can be deemed to be resident uh, for, for that tax year. Um, so with, with Cyprus, uh, the MEU1 uh, certificate is issued and, and then that's available and allows that flexibility of movement. Um, anybody from outside the EU can also still apply for a residency permit and the requirements on that are, are slightly more rigorous, but Cyprus as a sovereign country is allowed to make its own immigration rules. Now they are different to the UK, they're different to other countries. So in the UK, um, the skill-based assessment uh, for uh, overseas visas applies and minimum incomes apply. Uh, in Cyprus, they have a different set of rules and criteria which they set as a so sovereign government. And all the other countries in the EU would have the same and, and around the world. So to, to meet the criteria of a visa, you know, depends upon the circumstance. You want to go and live and work in, in the Middle East, um, the cost of entry is much higher than, than in another jurisdiction. Um, you now, in, in Cyprus, um, a, a typical individual fam a couple would need to show a, a, a euro income of 1200 a month to get that residency visa, um, whether they're from the EU or from the non EU. But the residency visa also requires you to have a permanent home in the country. So by default, you're establishing your permanent residency, uh, that you've got sufficient income, and, and that will then make you a tax resident in that country. Now, Cyprus, that, that's good news in Cyprus. 
because uh, non-DOM expats don't pay a tax on a dividend uh, or, over, uh, or interest. So savings income is not taxed in Cyprus and, and, and therefore um, a non-DOM expat registered in Cyprus as a resident living on investments could be paying a little or no tax legitimately on their worldwide income wherever that income is arising from. <clears throat> that doesn't apply to income or capital gains that are fixed in another jurisdiction. But generally, um, investments and dividends are payable uh, in the country where you are tax resident. So if you're tax resident in Cyprus, whether as an EU or non-EU national, and you're, you're a non-DOM expat, then you're not going to pay any dividend tax you're not going to pay any interest tax uh, uh, or any capital gains tax on, on investments. So that can work great for um, a, 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 a nomad worker. So if you're working remotely and you're working through your own personal service company, you're working as a contractor across border um, and, and you're based in Cyprus, um, <clears throat> where you could spend as little, have to spend as little as 60 days a year in Cyprus, then you, what opens up to you is, is a very broad uh, uh, option for you to be able to uh, have Cyprus as a very low tax, zero tax base uh, for your business and for your enterprise. Um, if you don't want to be resident in Cyprus, there are actually some other ways that you could still have a, a a, res a, a tax base in Cyprus through a company or a trust. Um, and, and if you to discuss either as an individual, a company or a trust, a family trust, having a Cyprus tax base, contact us at productpartnership.com. Um, <clears throat> the third type of visa is, is, is the discretionary one. Under the Brexit agreement, each country, each jurisdiction was allowed the discretion to still award residency visas to uh, UK expats um, if they could show that they got a connection and they were in um, the EU and in that uh, EU country uh, before Brexit took, officially took place at the end of 2020. So Brexit officially took place in December uh, 2020. There was a six-month grace period to get the paperwork finished up to June 21, but Brexit... It was 31st of December 2020. So that's when it all finished. Uh, if a UK expat can show that they've got uh, a, a residence or association with Cyprus before that date, they can apply uh, for um, uh, a residency permit to live in Cyprus under EU rules as an EU resident. So that will apply for Cyprus, but that, that would just cover them under the pre-Brexit rules rather than post-Brexit rules. Um, and, and, and that could have some very long-term benefits in terms of um, uh, citizenship and permanent residency within the EU, if that was important to your family and your business long-term in, in retirement or for developing business or, or working across border. So the, the Cyprus have institutionalised this, and, and so any um, e, uh, UK expat who has a, a home 
even if it's been used as a holiday villa, a holiday home, they could still potentially show their association pre-2020 to enable them to get an EU residency permit in, in Cyprus and to be able to uh, live and work here long term without onerous high levels of, of income uh, variation. So, it, and, and, and also that it comes under the EU rules of treatment in terms of freedom of movement and ability to work uh, and, and the requirements thereafter. So that, that is that EU status post-Brexit is at the discretion of the Cyprus government and the individual has to prove that they had an association uh, by, for example, owning property or business in Cyprus uh, before December 2020. Uh, in Cyprus now, though, if you're a UK or a global expat uh, coming to live and work in Cyprus, the, the visas will be limited. So they're taking quite a, a cautious approach. Uh, after December, um, sorry, after August 21, uh, the EU applied their new rules on residency and, and permits. Um, which have been played out around the EU at the moment. And what, what, they dis what we discovered there was that they, they, under these new rules, that, that they're quite um, rigorous and, and, and time-framed in terms of uh, if you get an EU residency permit before, it was open-ended and, and not particularly managed. But now, if you don't retain some residency and association in that country, you can lose that, that residency permit and, and that residency right. So generally now, a UK expat coming to the uh, EU in Cyprus and getting a residency permit, either under the um, EU rules or the non-EU rules, it would be limited to a, a term. Generally, that could, that's at the moment one year, but it could be one year or two years, but that would then be renewable. So you have to prove that you're still... Uh, an EU resident in Cyprus or a UK resident in the EU in Cyprus to get that renewal each year. There are significant advantages of that. If your long-term objective is to have a residence in the EU, uh, while it's only a temporary one-year residence, if you have lived uh, and worked under EU rules for five years in Cyprus, you can then apply for permanent residency. Now, permanent residency is a set of rules. Again, it's covered under international law. But, but the five-year permanent residency in Cyprus, um, it, it, it's not citizenship, but it gives you the right to live and freely move in and out of the country as often as you like, with, generally without restriction. Um, so it, it, just to put that into context is that if, you, if you've got dual citizenship, Ireland and UK, the Irish passport allows you freedom of movement throughout the EU, um, but using your passport to cross the border. If you're an EU citizen with an EU ID card, you've got freedom of movement within the Schengen zone um, uh, as long as that expires. If you've got a permanent residency in Cyprus or another jurisdiction, that's not going to be taken away from you. And you can generally can maintain a permanent residence 
long term. Um, so that gives stability to your overseas property, your long term retirement plan or your business abroad. Um, and one of the other big attractions as a permanent resident in Cyprus is that it, it offers uh, health care. So in, in Cyprus, um, the healthcare system works that if you're working in Cyprus, you, you can then get, um, and you're paying social insurance, after three months you can get health care under the state health system. If you're um, a state retirement age from the EU or the UK, uh, under reciprocal health service agreements between uh, that existed before the EU between Cyprus and the UK, uh, you can get long-term health care if you've got a state pension uh, from the UK and you come and live and work in, in, in or retire in Cyprus. Um, but the third way is to be a permanent resident. So if you've got no, if, if you've been an expat working around the world and, and, and you, your, your business base is Cyprus, then after five years, you will acquire a state, an EU state healthcare entitlement with the EHIC health service travel card to cover you emergency and accident cover throughout the EU. So as a, as a base, a long-term base for a, a business, for an expat, Cyprus has that attraction for the long-term healthcare for the family and business uh, as well. Uh, and that's through a, a permanent residency. Um, many countries have longer timescales to, to get passports. Uh, it's at least seven years in Cyprus. It could take two to three years to process. Uh, maybe some countries you have to wait ten, 10 years. Some countries don't allow dual citizenship. Other countries do. Um, but permanent residency it gives you, uh, in an EU country, gives you that stability to enjoy uh, that freedom of movement and residence within the EU uh, in, in the short term. Um, so that concludes our, our more in-depth look in Cyprus in terms of how the um, residency rules have changed throughout the EU and how that in, impacts expats looking to live and work and what their residence is within the EU. Uh, the Schengen zone requires a visa to move around for non-EU residents. Once you're an EU resident, you have to become registered in that registration. Once you, within that jurisdiction, once you've got that local uh, residency permit, you don't need a Schengen zone visa. Um, and long-term, over five years, permanent residency can offer you uh, long-term EU uh, residency benefits. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel below. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. And look out for our, our shorts that we issue with, with a bit more detail. It's been a long webinar. We covered a lot of detail. And we'll break it down and cover it in the coming weeks and months ahead um, uh, to understand better the residency rights for, for expats living and working abroad post-Brexit in the EU. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.